Welcome to the Zadzooks Happy Hour, a podcast providing commentary on the latest in film, TV, games, and comics. My name is Todd Stoll, and I'm joined by 25-year veteran reporter covering pop culture, video games, and technology for the Washington Times, Joseph Zadkowski. We're doing this a day early. Crazy. Yeah, we're on schedule now. We're on schedule. Yeah. Of course, you're listening to Zadzooks Happy Hour. It's happy, and it's an hour because you only have to listen for 30 minutes. Yeah, roughly 30 minutes. That's why you're happy. We're up and down. So, how about that Super Bowl? What do you think? I I didn't watch it. Yeah, right. (laughs) Mr. 4K with your 18 speakers. I so trash-talked my kid because he was such a huge Patriots fan. And but but I knew I just knew it was it was not going to go well I in the second half. I don't know how you come back in the fourth quarter with 14 minutes and score that many unanswered points. Two two point conversions. It's it's I mean that first one was impressive where it was right. the fake snap to Brady yeah, 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 and it yeah, goes okay, right yeah, to the running yeah, yeah. back. That was great. The other one where he clearly makes in and then then there's a flag with 47 seconds left. Right. And then of course they get the stupid coin, coin toss. And it's like, as soon as they got it, I'm like, the, the game's over. I would have immediately rescinded my offer for Kyle Shanahan. I think he's he's going to be coaching... 49ers. 49ers. I would have walked up to him and went, what? What, what happened exactly? Yeah. yeah. I, Zero and, offense. And the thing is, is that people can't... No one seems to be able to articulate, was that the biggest collapse ever... Or was it just that they played an opponent that refused to give up and those guys just burst out of the gate so quickly that they were tired toward the end of the game? Right. Because the Patriots were terrible for three quarters. Right. And, and then all of a sudden they lit it up and they were unstoppable. I don't know. Do you remember the playoff game with the Oilers and I think it was Buffalo or where they came back from like 35 points or something? Yeah. That was a crazy... I mean... To do it in the Super Bowl, for it to be the first time it's ever gone, which for some reason I really thought there was one other Super Bowl that had gone to overtime, but maybe it was the championship game. For that to happen, the fact that after three quarters, they still managed, because all of a sudden everyone started hearing that they're coming back, that they still managed like 115 million viewers. Because I'm thinking this is going to be the worst-rated Super Bowl ever. You know, after three quarters, it's a blowout. It's twenty-eight right. to three. I mean, right. you know, it's ridiculous. Everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. You know, and then they're showing. Then there's people waking their kids up. I yeah, I woke my kid yeah. up. I mean, Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg left. left <laughs> although he claims that his kid wasn't feeling well, and I would have right. punched him in the stomach and said, "Suck it up, <laughs> tough, tough beans." Um, that was a crazy game. That was in in terms of. Television was one of the most the, amazing. You can either call it the best or the worst ever. Yeah, if, because if you are an, a Falcons fan, this was no. If you're a football fan, I mean, what happened? That total collapse should never happen in a professional sport. No, nope. you pay people to not allow that to happen. You have a battery of coaches upstairs watching guys sweat every second, yeah. every movement they make. It's like watching a Madden game, right? Because they've got all the plays. They can see everything. They can move each player, right? They can watch exactly what's going on. That shouldn't happen. And that was one of the coolest things. Yeah, was the 360. The 360 thing. I'm like, man, yeah. I am watching Madden. This is That's awesome. Right. That's right. Between that and, you know, I love how, you know, it's been, what, 10 years since they've had the camera on the, on the you know, the wire, the wire system that goes from one end to the other where they will follow the kick. The fact that... um 
you know, they went back to miking players up again, which I know they right. they hadn't really done, and they released it, and that was very cool to listen to. But I mean, yeah, I don't know how you come back from that. Like, people were asking them afterwards, "How do you? I mean, don't you think you're losing to the point where like you're so demoralized you don't want to play?" Right. Right. And, I mean, that's. I mean, that's sportsmanship. That's I guess that's why they get paid and they get their. Super I blame Bowl bonus. the coaches. Yeah. Okay, so uh, once again, you've been listening to ESPN yeah. Redo. Uh, now back but to your regularly scheduled we program. Had, we had to talk about it. It's only fair. Because it was amazing. It was amazing. We're now going to move into our bread and butter, our core area here. We're going to talk about a couple uh, Blu-ray slash 4K UHD releases that right. are coming out. Uh, Arrival is the first one we're going to talk about. That is with Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and Forrest Whitaker. Um and it, uh, the premise is, is that there are, uh, there are alien ships that have somehow mysteriously come to Earth. There's, they're in various places. There's 12 of them. And Amy Adams' character is a linguist. They bring her and they bring Jeremy Renner, who's a scientist, to try to figure out and communicate with these aliens. And it's very militarized, very bleak movie. It's very dark. <laughs> it is very... It's kind of depressing. The whole thing is very depressing because, like, these people are in a bubble. They're terrified. But then on the outside world, you have people who are, you know, looting and, you know, mass, you know, hysteria. The worst of humanity yeah. is coming out, and people don't even know what to do. And I they think, need to communicate. Quite honestly, I mean, that is most likely what would happen under the circumstances if that were to ever happen in, quote-unquote, real life. Which is pretty sad. People would just people panic would, and They'd freak lose out. their their poop that's uh, right you know it's uh she's got to figure out their language she, i don't want to give away too much of this no the aliens are called heptapods because they look like a hand they look like a you know <laughs> with a couple extra things on top you know when i when i first they, saw them they look from like, the adams family they look like octopus too yeah. a little bit think about the adams family and the uh the guy with cousin who, it cousin it or that uh, was thing, thing. The, yeah, think thing. a thing yeah with an extra couple digits yeah um the the visuals the of de- the the, de- the the design of the alien supposedly was the guy who came up with some of the stuff for um the alien film the Prometheus Z- the xenomorphs no the yeah the weird stuff yeah. in Prometheus mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. same guy yeah so you can t- you can see that when you look at him I mean that the aliens themselves that was very cool the so the aliens communicate by opening up this, I don't know how you would describe it, it's almost like a flower, which is like a hand. Right. And they spray ink. And the ink then creates a symbol. Like a th- It's like a three-dimensional language. And, yeah. And their their job is to now try to figure out and break down what it is that's being said to the, so that they can communicate. Right. Um, the director is the guy who did Sicario. And I'm going to butcher his name, so it. I'm not going to say it. Do it. Dennis Villeneuve. 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 I mean, I live near Can- you know, Canada, right? <laughs> That's for all you Americans who don't right. know it's pronounced Canada. Canada. Um, Renner is great. Mm-hmm. I like his character a lot. I like Renner when he's not doing Marvel movies. Right. Uh, Hurt Locker, he was awesome in. Yep. Oscar nominated for that. Really great stuff there. Um, the visuals were fantastic. 
a lot of very interesting sounds. There's a featurette where they sort of talk about the acoustic signature of the aliens, but there's also a lot of sirens and there's varying sirens. The soundtrack is weird, the musical soundtrack. Yep. The um so if you're looking for popcorn munching like Independence Day, wrong movie. Yep. This is a serious If you're take. looking for heartwarming meetups like Close Encounters, no, you're not, not gonna, happening. No, you're not going to get that If you're looking for either. horrifying moments like Signs, no, no, not happening either. No, it's just the struggle of trying to keep humanity from killing itself by attacking these, you know... Intellectual these... science fiction. Correct. When, and... I, when I was in high school, I read a book called Rendezvous with Rama by Arthur C. Clarke. I recommend reading that book and watching Arrival. Okay. It's the same. It, there, it's not the exact same premise, but it made me think of it when I was, when I was, when I was watching the movie. Some of the the so so the the premise of the movie is just to figure out whether the what what, what they're here for. Are yeah. they here to do harm to the human race or are they peaceful? And you, you see again, you see a lot of what I think humanity would respond to. In a in a live real situation where governments don't trust each other, and, it, and you know it's very it's very realistic if you kind of step back and look at it. One of the things that I thought was great from a visual perspective, and I'm not quite sure how they handled this other than a bunch of wires, but the camera of it was great, is that they enter the ship on a um, on a cherry picker, and then they're facing pointing upward, but. If you jump, there's a gravity shift. There's a gravity shift, and now you're you're walking upright. So now right. your axis has changed, and that initial scene where they're going in and they're all terrified and they shift was very cool. And you know that that is in you know one of the I think more ingenious things about this. I mean the yeah. I, the idea of how to communicate and and that I think is very interesting. But the ships themselves were very simplistic. Somewhat, you know, very, yeah, very beautiful, really. Um, they polished pebbles. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, and uh, but it's it's you know it's a is it worthy of a Oscar nomination uh, for best film? Mm, considering what came out this year, probably. I, I think she deserves an Oscar nom for her. She role. was good. She was, she was really great. good. I actually thought both of them were great. Um, and you, you know, Forrest Whitaker has sort of, you know, been hitting home runs lately, you know, uh, Forrest, or, um, Rogue One, Rogue One. Uh, he was awesome in for the very short period of time. And in right. this, he's a very serious military colonel. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so yes, you're following this character, Louise Banks and, uh, Ian Donnelly, who is Jeremy Renner's character and they are a physicist and they are trying to figure it out and they have very little time before, other nations decide that no action means we must intervene and destroy them before they destroy us. Um, so if you watch it in 4K UHD, you're not going to want to watch it in 4K UHD. <laughs> it doesn't matter because the, the palette's so drab. Yeah. The color scheme is so drab. Cinematographer Bradford Young delivers dreary. I mean, it's now once again, that's not bad. So He's creating... A dynamic and a style. So it the just, Oscar for drabness will go to, will go, to go to but, him. But here's the thing: it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate well to this ultra high definition format. And, and I think, and I think part of the reason too is that when you look at the communication, it's white and black, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of a white kind of. I don't know how you would describe it. It's like a cloud that yes. that that these aliens exist in. 
and their and their symbols are in black. So in that case, it makes sense that the room that she sleeps in is white, and you know they're in they're inside this thing and they're wearing white. Right. And and you know there's not a lot of color to it. Hazmat food suits are orange. They're orange. So that pops a little bit. And then after a while, they're not using them anymore, which isn't right. You know, which right. is yeah, again they're they're riding in white and trucks. You, t- you touched on the extras. Right, yep. but you didn't touch on the best extra, which was the, the the fifteen minutes talking about the theoretical science behind the movie, which, which is was very cool. So you're going to need to take notes and have a laptop handy mm-hmm. because they kind of go deep, uh, like variation variational principles of physics, and then they look at linguistic relativity. Uh, it, it's it's, it's pretty heavy. But you know what? It's the real deal. They did their right. homework. I right. mean, they and they, it was based on a short story. Yep. By um. By a um, renowned sci-fi author who I've never heard of, so that tells you something about what I've been doing lately. Clearly not watching. Clearly like, not reading thought-provoking movies or such reading as a, a awesome science fiction, which I did when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, anyway, I loved it. My my better half dozed off during it and needs to see it again. But I think this is one film where I would watch it again, but it would also I would need some time in between viewings. Right. Uh, I don't. This is not something that I would go back to as a repeat viewer often, but it is the visuals of it. It is on the on that plane of like two thousand and one, where it's like very, yeah. very sort of even keel, methodical. Yeah, very the whole much thing. so. And and, it's, and and for some people, that's that's maybe not not their cup of tea. But if you're into sci-fi, this is a serious sci-fi. This is a great, you know imagination that yep. put this together and it's like very these. cool and it's it's one of those things where you would really hope that if there wasn't an independence day style thing that this would be what would actually be happening right so you know all in all good film yeah maybe not best film she did a great job he did a great job so two hours great movie great movie we'll we'll, we'll put that in our 2017 picks yes so all um, right okay when we come back we're going to talk masterminds Whew. <laughs> Harsh. We're lining you up for that one already. Yeah, it's gonna I, be I a, think we've just lost the audience. It's going to be right. a barn burner, so stick yeah. around for that. We'll be back. Communities Digital News, built by the writers and editors that deliver the news 24 hours a day. Visit comdiginews.com. That's C-O-M-M-D-I-G-I news.com. And support the next evolution in news. We were starting to get really it heated about this. It just boggles my mind that you the best stuff that we talk about, you never record. Well, yeah. Well, we were getting heated on it because we definitely have an opinion on it, on this film. We're going to talk about Masterminds. Which and we're going to be spending way too much time even talking about it. We are. We're going to just prepare you for, for what you should and shouldn't do. So Masterminds stars Ga- Zach Galifianakis as David Gant. Uh, Kate McKinnon is in it as his fiance. Christian Wigg is in it as his co-worker slash alternate love interest. You've got Jason Sudeikis, uh, who's a hitman. Owen Wilson. Yep. And Leslie Jones. Who's actually the mastermind behind it all. Yeah. And then Leslie Jones. So in this film, you have three... Three Ghostbusters. Three of the four Ghostbusters, which means... So may- that's a problem. Maybe... B- b- no. Again, Christian... Or, um, Kate McKinnon is great. But man, the vehicles that she has been in and yeah, and this driven, woman deserves a good movie. She deserves a well-written comedy where right. she isn't zany and completely out of her mind, right? Because it doesn't work. 
But, so the premise of this film, which is based on a true story. True 1997 robbery of the Loomis Fargo and Company's armored car firm. And they take $17 million. Right. Which is one of the biggest cash robberies. Cash robberies in the history of the United States. Correct. I think um, may still be the one of the biggest. Yep. Uh, this film was dreadful <laughs> for me. Uh, it was, listen, as long as Jandice, Jandice is on the screen, I'm fine with it. Uh, I couldn't. Which was about four minutes. I could not relate to a single character in this to keep me focused on it at all. Lauren Michaels seriously needs to stick to Saturday Night Live and just leave it alone. The guy's got an unbelievable track record with Saturday Night Live. It's, you know what it is? Is He got that taste with Wayne's World, and then it's yeah. all been downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can take a cast. This is a monumentally popular and famous cast. Just well-known, yes, they're, funny they're seeping people. comedy. Seeping comedy. If, they just, if you even put them on the set for an hour and let them do anything they wanted, it would probably be funnier than this movie. And it's no excuse. The director was from Napoleon... Dynamite? Yeah. Okay. Jared Hess? So, what happened? I don't... I mean, the thing is, 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 and maybe this is, this is where I, I, I lose out a little bit. I compared this to Pain and Gain, which was Mark Wahlberg, was The Rock, um, and that movie is, again, sort of a heist film. That's so over the top, unbelievable that they have to keep reminding you throughout the movie this really happened. Right. And this movie is meant to be the same thing, but the thing is, is they never in the very beginning of the movie say this is the the events of this film are truth. They never say that. Well, yes, they do. Not in the beginning. Isn't there a, a title card that says, nope. yes, there is? No. You if go there, watch. You'll find it. If there is, then I missed it. You and missed it. You were falling asleep. I mean, other than the fact that on you the cover it, it says, inspired by a ridiculous true story. You were watching it on a 10-inch screen. No, so you it's just, fine. It got no, cut off. It's fine. But I, I, I will say that, and I asked you this, I couldn't tell if this was meant to be a spoof. <laughs> Or was did it really? Happen? Or did it? Or, or did it really go down this way, where these people are so over the top, exaggerated, like hillbilly rednecks? Right. That just like I, I can't believe that this is how all of these people act. So we know that the Owen Wilson character, Steve Chambers, did what he did. Yes. The guy took a bunch of cash and started buying stupid yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like. Sports cars. Well, that a mansion. What was that? He he bought the um the geo and put like tractor tires on it. I believe that did happen. Right. Um. So that happened. So if you go that far, I believe that. I mean, I'm not sure that all the pratfalls, the Three Stooges action that was happening actually happened to Gant, <sighs> but but I believe the booger whistle did happen. <laughs> Probably not. Pro- I mean, I don't know. I, but you have to imagine it would have because there's all this FBI surveillance data around this case. Right. But it's right. just it's just bizarre. I mean, it's just a weird movie. It's not, you know, what I think did it for me was when I looked at the back of it, laugh out loud, Andrew Rosenthal, 
New York Live. It's like, wow, they really couldn't get anybody to come out. <laughs> they that had to had go it. deep. New York Live. I would have given them something. Yeah, New York Live. Mm, I'm not sure about that. Uh, it was, it was, it was a rough watch. It really was. Yeah, but here's here's what's really stunning. In in movies like this, they always have in the extras, like alternate dialogue, mm-hmm. laugharama, jokearama, uh, gag reels. They put There's n- nothing. No, they had a gag reel, but it was at the end of the film. Okay, but that does not cover the shenanigans the, going the, on the, on that set. The, There's no way they didn't have takes up the kazoo they weren't using. The funniest the only time I laughed was the very last gag reel where it's Galifianakis and Kristen Wiig and he's going to kiss her and he's got his tongue out and she makes some comment and he immediately unzips his pants. <laughs> and that, I almost died because that was so funny. That should have stayed in. But and Jason Sudeikis is a hitman. Yeah. For no apparent reason. And you, when you look at it, you go, what? And then... But it happened. But this is the thing. When I think, it happened. When I think of Jason Sudeikis, he's done some pretty pretty good movies, you know, recently. And I look at this and I'm like, he's got to look at his amazing wife and be like, yeah, I, I did that movie for money. Right. I mean, I what I took away from this is if I were a member of the cast, I would be very embarrassed having my name associated with this. It just either it didn't edit well or it wasn't written well or it was... It, to me, it seemed like an SNL skit that went right. 35 minutes too long, and at that point, the audience had walked out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, it was, written, it. it was written by a former SNL writer, yeah. Emily Spivy, and Lauren Michaels was involved. And guess what? You've got uh, two former SNL cast members, three cast right. members, four, sorry, Leslie right. Jones. Right, right. Um, that are in this film, and it just seemed like Leslie Jones was totally pointless. Yep, I'm glad she got the check, but there was no point in yeah. her being in the movie. Yeah, Owen Wilson annoyed me. He and his wife annoyed. Just, I mean, maybe that was the point. I mean, it was the point because the guy was kind of a, a doofus. So my favorite part of the movie is the um, featurette that talks about the movie, the 16 minutes where you actually meet. The journalists who wrote about this case, the FBI agents who closed the case, and the real David Gant, who's out of prison. So at this point, what we're telling you is that if you want to watch this, don't watch the feature film. Watch, watch the, extra. the extra. The 16-minute extra. Because if you listen to this guy and watch how this happened, you can't believe they almost got away with this. And there's still $2 million bucks missing. Yeah. Okay? If these guys would have just... Calm down, calm the hell down. They would have got away with a lot of money. Yep. They, you know, they made stupid mistakes. The the the, the, the stupidest mistake was he didn't pull all the the camera yes, tapes. He left one camera. He left one camera going. <laughs> oh my god. So anyway, speaking of Sean Spicer and Saturday Night Live, did you see that? Oh. And couldn't have been, it couldn't have been, I mean, I love Second City, and that, this was a moment. That, to me, was... I was, don't care what your political affiliation nope, was. That this was... was that, that was SNL's renaissance. That was some of the best right. Saturday Night Live writing. Take it back to Nixon, Dan Aykroyd is Nixon take, in the White take House. Take it back to him as Ford. Was he Ford? I think he was no, Ford he for wasn't. a while. 
Chevy Chase was Ford. That's right. Yeah. Chase was Ford. Um, but holy crap, that was Melissa McCarthy. Home run. Plays Sean Spicer, who for the moment is still the White House press secretary, and she knocks that out of the park. Go to YouTube, watch, watch it, it a couple everywhere. times. And during that episode, uh, Alec Baldwin plays Donald Trump again. <laughs> that was pretty well done. There are a lot of rumors going around that Rosie O'Donnell is going to play Steve Bannon tomorrow and if, night. And if that is the case, that yep. is the trifecta. That is the drop your mic. SNL has officially elevated itself to a whole new plane. Right. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about ditching some of the cast members who were very solid cast members. Taryn Killam was out at the end of the season. Uh, Jay Farrow. Really? Yeah. They both just got booted. Their contracts weren't renewed. And it's like, Wow, you know what? Now I guess I see why they didn't need them because right. holy they can bring cow, anybody they want. The material, right. I mean, this stuff can't even write itself how crazy it is. But right. so when you take that fourth member of the Ghostbusters movie, she knocked that out of the park. That right. was phenomenal. Yeah. Really, really, really well done. So looking forward to tomorrow night. Yeah. I mean,. There's not much more or, left. Or in theory, when you put this up on Tuesday, I'll be looking forward to Saturday night. Yeah, to this past Saturday, Saturday night, night when, when somebody else was, right. was in it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Baldwin is playing again because he was on Fallon this, the, right. yesterday and he said he would. He's being silly. He was being silly and right. it was good. Okay. But was not, just, just in case you didn't get it, what was not silly and what was not funny at all was this movie called Masterminds. That's 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 what you should take away from just this. Just take that away. Yeah. File it. File it. Make a note of it. Yep. It's already available for sale for four dollars and ninety nine cents on Amazon. So that really? has to tell you something. Zoinks. And if you go look at Rotten Tomatoes, yikes. Yep. So okay. Uh we'll do one more quick segment at the end here and we'll find something fun to talk about and okay. we'll be right back. That would be a first. Communities Digital News, built by the writers and editors that deliver the news 24 hours a day. Visit comdiginews.com. That's C-O-M-M-D-I-G-I news.com. And support the next evolution in news. All right, we're going to quick talk about a couple of things. We're going to, let's, let's, you know. Go ahead. Let's. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. What do you got? All right. I'm going to calm down. I got stuff. Dirty Dancing, 30th Anniversary. Have you watched it I've yet? I've never seen that movie. Oh, really? I, I'm so sorry and sad to admit that. Have you? Yeah, but I've seen the cable version. You know, like okay. whatever they were playing on TV. Right. Yeah. It was good. It was all right. It was good. Yeah. I love Jerry Orbach. Yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. Patrick Swayze, nice. Yeah. It was fun. It was all right. <laughs> That's what... Not my cup of tea. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you yeah, know. it was a good movie. Okay, so opening this week, we've got... Three movies that are vying for number one, although one of them we're going to take right out of the equation, and that is uh, Fifty Shades Darker. That Boink. One, yeah, that's that's completely going to com- collapse. And People were laughing at the trailers. That's what I heard. Oh, that's theaters. awesome. That's great. Uh, so that leaves us with two films, both of which are hovering around the 90 to 91 uh, fresh rating on Which Rotten is Tomatoes, pretty amazing to which me. Which is great. Uh, you've got the Lego movie, Lego Batman, right? and you have John Wick Chapter 2. Now, I think Lego Batman will beat out John Wick it's a kid's movie. because it's a kid's movie, but John Wick, the fact that it actually is rating better than the first one... Um, but it is hard R. It is a hard R. 
a lot of a uh, lot of gun violence, a lot of it's gun it's gun foo, you know. Right, right. Um, but I'm into that. And there's, ex- there's supposed to be a, a a segment in it. I don't think I'm giving anything away. That's like the Warriors, where he's literally trying to survive a gantlet, yeah, of problems, yeah, walking the streets, which I can't wait. I, I'm I'm all it's for be it. Great. Lego Batman. It, it's interesting that it actually got that the ratings were that high because I read some things that people felt like it was a recycled uh, message from the original Lego movie, which right. was sort of you know teaming up together to fight. Who plays the Joker? Uh, Zach Galifianakis. That's right. That should be fun. Who plays Robin? Are there any Ghostbusters in this movie? <laughs> uh, I don't think. Are there so. any voices of Ghostbusters but, in this movie? But. Who's Robin? Come on. I don't know. Michael Sarah. Oh, that's right. I just got my Lego Dimensions pack, so I'll be playing Batman Lego Dimensions with Robin. Have they said what the next big Lego movie is going to be like this? No. I mean, they have, they have to make a sequel to the original one at some point, you would think. I'm sure, absolutely. I, I think John Wick... This is going to be one of those, like, you know, lethal weapon style franchises where this could go however long he wants it to go. Right. He's not really a sequel guy, um, Keanu Reeves. So I think it's going to be. Matrix. Yeah, but even then, like, he was done. You know, he said that if they were going to do any more than three, he was done. Right. So, you know, Bill and Ted's only had two, but this is, I mean, he never did the second speed. Right. Um, <laughs> which was a very smart which career a, move. Hey, you know, I give him a lot of credit for that. At least they didn't do point blank too, right? Right. Um, but you know, this is great. I'm 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 glad to see someone who had success in their younger career be able to come back and just royally right. kick it and, and and later on in their career and it's great. So John Travolta. Yeah. Oh, come on now. Wait, he came back. Sort of. Pulp fiction. And then he kinda got caught in a problem. <laughs> yeah, and that problem And he's it. continued. Yeah. So if you're going to go watch something and you are into hard R's, then obviously John Wick is for you. If you've got little kids or you just really like to play with Legos, a Lego yes. movie. But quite honestly, the movie you probably don't need to see is Fifty Shades Darker. Ever. Ever. Or watch it on uh, HBO when it's out. In, you or know, or watch months. it with Fountainhead. Okay. <laughs> that would be a good two-pack for yeah. the evening. Yeah. That's, that's and then you can take a knife and remember to cut... Perpendicular yeah. when you're taking out in your wrist. Now, speaking of knives and cutting and, and bloody and gory things, this Sunday is the return, the mid-season return right. of The Walking and Dead. We, I'd love to talk about it with you, but you haven't watched anything from last year yet, except the opening season. I, hey, listen. Blood Slaughter Fest. Yeah, that was why I, I sort of needed to take a break for a while. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll catch up to it, but, you know, always... Uh, It'll be a big, splashy opening. They're leading towards the all-out war. Hopefully they get to it and get done with it this season. And that is my one disappointment with The Walking Dead, is that they cliffhang too many things that quite honestly don't need to be. Dragging and dragging. Dragging and dragging. There were some really good episodes this season so far, but some real clunkers. Mm Mm-hmm. That we're just, we didn't need... Ugh. And it's a, you know, what is it, season seven? I mean, you know, they're... Right. You're getting to that point where at some... You gotta, you gotta end you, it. You gotta end it. Right. Um, I Anything on Fear of the Walking Dead? I haven't watched it forever. No. Was it any I, good? I, I, I watched stopped. a couple episodes of the second season and kind of petered off of it. 
I was very excited when they were showing how the outbreak happened, mm-hmm. and then they lost me. The moment they started isolating themselves and that kind of stuff, it was over. Because the thing is, is it is it morphed too much into The Walking Dead. Right. And at that point, I'm like, well, I'm already watching it. It's so way better. will there be a crossover? Will they meet like in Kansas or something? No, I doubt it. I doubt it. I hope not. That would be that would be the jump the shark moment, I think. Got anything else? Uh, I watched the first episode of Stranger Things. Oh, you did? Very excited. Okay. That was fun. All right. I just finished watching um, the third season of Last Ship, which is probably by far one of the best kick-ass shows on the air. If you haven't seen it or heard about it, I thought for sure this season was going to just drag. No. No. Watch it. I mean, and now you're starting to finally get some of the long-awaited second half of the television season shows. Right. Better Call Saul. You're going to get Fargo season three sometime this spring. Right. Which I'm very excited for. Um, All good. Everything is coming into place quite nicely. I think eventually, you know, what one show that might uh, suffer and just get totally weird would be South Park because they've already said they're not going to satire Trump because he's already a satire of himself. Right. Um, so I'll be interested to see how they go with that. But um, it's good stuff. So Okay. All right. Well, you know what? This was very entertaining. Yes, just I one, really... One last I hope time, I entertained you. One last time, I just want to remind, if, if for some reason you fell asleep in the middle segment, <laughs> please don't do watch it. Masterminds. Don't give them any money. Don't do anything. It was just that bad, and I am so embarrassed for the entire acting Oh, cast. man. I'm so embarrassed for you. That's a little harsh. Oh, so bad. But they're all, they all have more money than you or I do. Oh, hey, listen. So they you don't know care, what? They don't care they about don't me. They don't care. I'm sitting in a basement. They They'll care. never listen to this. They're not it's gonna, fine. It's not like Kristen Wiig's going to, oh, no, look what Todd said about me. Well, again. I'm never going to have it. I, I mean, now let me go collect my residual check on yeah. Ghostbusters and, and the Ghostbusters toys and throw another $50,000. Well, and in. they just announced that Kate McKinnon is going to voice the Magic School Bus revival on Netflix. Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good thing. Well, the main character is this crazy teacher, well, so she'll fit, perfect. she'll fit right, right in. All right, well, that's it for me. I am Todd Stowell. And I'm still Joe Zedkowski. And Thank we're going to play some you. polka at the end. As we usually do. As we usually do. And you've been listening to the Zadzooks Happy Hour. Have a good week.